The distinct characteristics and history of Seraphons can give people a feeling of elegance and confidence and trustworthy. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to Notes of Design. To help support our mission spread knowledge, we have a very special guest on today's episode. Let's welcome Craig Black, an independent designer specialized in typography and lettering. Craig has been known for his innovative typography artworks, lettering and visual identities as well as large-scale murals and installations. His work has been celebrated and exhibited across the world from London, New York, Sydney and Dubai. He's also been a keynote speaker at various occasions and also been interviewed by many design publications. In this episode Craig had shared wonderful insights on lettering and we had discussed on how exactly lettering is different from typography and how do we narrate story via letters. The later part we discussed on what are the serif and sans serif fonts and how do we creatively use them and also Craig shared his process with us on how to combine all the insights to beautiful letters. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and on every Friday we release new episodes with different creative leaders from around the world to help you better understand different concepts related to design. So don't forget to tune in into notes of design every friday with that being said happy designing everyone hi craig welcome to notes of design it's pleasure hosting you today on our show Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Craig, how was your day? It's been good so far. It's been a, a busy morning. I have a ninth-month-old little girl, and she got up very early this morning and wanted to play. And, and then we had playtime. We had breakfast. Got her changed, and then at the same time, I need to get myself sorted and to get started for work. So it's been very productive uh, and busy and fun uh, so far. <laughs> Thank you so much, Craig. So, if you could give a brief about yourself to our listeners out there. So, my name's Craig Black. I'm an artist and independent designer specializing in typography and lettering. I'm based in a place called Guruk in Scotland. Um, I do recommend people flying to Scotland and seeing this place. It's incredible. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, I have my own studio here. I've been running my own practice now for six, seven years. Um, I work with clients all across the world, which is fantastic. Um, my work spans between branding, packaging, um, typefaces, installation, murals, um, basically anything to do with typography and lettering I kind of play about with. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically me. <laughs> Wonderful, Craig. So what was your journey into type and lettering? How did you start and what are your tips to the beginners on how to start? Okay, so I may as well tell you like a way back before the world of design. Like I used to be a professional football player and um, playing in the this lower leagues of Scotland football. So it's not it's not the glamorous Premier League that you see on TV. Um, so I always dreamed about being a football player when I was younger. And I played professionally for about five or six years. But I, at the end of it, I just really didn't enjoy it anymore. Um, football can become quite political and I just wasn't enjoying it. So I decided that total career change, which shocked a lot of people. Um, because I had offers to stay at the club, I had offers to move to other clubs and stuff, but I just didn't want to play football anymore. But during um, my time as a professional, I was also in high school and there was a special agreement between the high school and my football club that I would train in the morning with the football team and in the afternoon I would go study art and design. 
in the afternoon. So I graduated with an art design award, if that's the best way to call it. And then five or six years later, didn't know what to do after football. I had no idea. And I bumped into my old art teacher um, and he basically recommended me to go speak to a lecturer who does graphic design at a college in Glasgow. And I had no idea what graphic design was, to be brutally honest. Um, but I went for that interview and within... I showcased my portfolio, which was six years old at that point, sketches from high school. Um, but they seen something in that work to get me on the course. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because instantly fell in love with graphic design. Um, as soon as that first day, um, I can always remember the buzz. But that, that first day opened my eyes up to typography and lettering. And that was me consumed for the rest of my career, basically. Um, so I studied for three years, leaving with a, a BA degree in Scotland uh, from this college. But during that time, I started to, it was probably near the tail end of my degree that I started to really practice typography and lettering. Um, and when I when I graduated, I was I studied in Glasgow, which was in Scotland. But I wanted to move to London because I at the time I felt that I had to go to London to further my career and be around the best in the industry to kind of see my progression. All along, as much as I wanted to work with different agencies and get that experience, all along, I knew what I wanted to become was uh, basically an artist, an independent designer specialising type of lettering. Now, I know there's not any kind of specific full-time jobs to make that happen. So what I did was I worked at design agencies from your Monday to Friday, nine to five, say, and in the evenings, I started to practice on my own, self-taught, type off and lettering, like every single night, even a couple hours a night, practice, practice, practice. And then the weekends, I would devote most of my weekends doing it. And I did that for about two, two and a half years to three years, non-stop practicing. I mean, non-stop. And I didn't have any clients or anything at all. But over time, because of that, me practicing and sharing online, I started to get a small amount of my own clients coming in, a small piece of work coming in. And, and then that really got the buzz going for me. And like I said, after two and a half years of working in agencies, I decided to take the jump of starting my own business and own practice as a specialist in typography and lettering and jumping in head first. Um, not knowing how to run a business and stuff like that was pretty crazy. However, I've managed to survive. I'm still standing now. Um, and over the years, it's been repetitive practice and um, doing consistent work in the background in, in owning and on my craft. Unfortunately, I've got to a level now where I'm a, I am a specialist in this field and brands and agencies across the world contact me to um, work on those um, kind of typographic and lettering projects. So the biggest piece of advice I could give to anyone who is wanting to do even typography and kind of lettering is just practice. Like pencil and paper, sketch and sketch and sketch and sketch and sketch some more because... The more you practice, the more you get better at it. That's There's no shortcut to this. That's why I would say two and a half years for me was just total practice. No one knew who I was in the industry. No one knew who I was. And I was experimenting as well. Like I was seeing how letting would work on wood. I was painting on glass and I was doing it on walls. But the work back then was horrible. It was horrendous. But it all led me to this point now to where I've been able to hone my craft and my technical aspects and stuff like that as well. So there's no roundabout way but other than practice. And that's the best advice I could ever give anyone.
Thank you so much, Craig. It was indeed a wonderful journey. Let's begin our episode today with lettering. So what exactly is lettering and how different is it from typography? So lettering is the art of drawing letters. Um, with each letter, it's acts as its own little mini illustration. Rather than simply like writing letters in print or cursive style or with a continuous stroke, like the thing with lettering is part is that each individual letter can be a part of its own art form, and that is um, quite cool within a composition. Now, typography is slightly different in the sense of it's a repeated system of letters. So it's the style and appearance of, on what you see on printed material, and it's the art of arranging type as well. It's like it's not a specific style, say, um, or creating letters and words, but more the arrangement of those letters come together in a system. Um, so they are they are different. Um, but there can be slight crossovers, for instance, is doing illustrated typography where say you have an arrangement of words used by a, a font, for instance, and someone asked me to make that more decorative. So I would illustrate on top of those letter forms. So there is slight crossovers, but there is a distinct difference between lettering and typography. Thank you so much, Craig. So how do you narrate a story via letters? Well, it... It depends on what the brief is and what the kind of objective that you're trying to get across. So a lot of work I do is kind of word marks. So for a specific brand or um, what that would be. So for instance, if a, a brand want to be quite serious, so one thing you could do is add serifs to it. Um, and that kind of creates a kind of more prominence to it as well. But in terms of like narrating a story through it, like you can create things that are much more open. So if I want to create a fairy tale, I'm just off the top of my head here thinking of, say it's a piece of lettering for a fairy tale book, then the first thing that comes to my head is kind of scripty lettering, kind of open up lettering, because that opens your mind up to uh, an imagination, and a kind of excitement kind of world. Whereas if I use a solid blocky piece of type on a fairy tale kind of background, it wouldn't really work. So it really depends on what the brief is, what your objective is with that piece of lettering as well. Um, and it's something that you develop over time as well. Like don't beat yourself up so much that you can't nail it in the head right the first time. The amount of times that I work on a project is repetition after repetition, repetition, and narrowing down what's specific about this piece of work. Uh, and then the finer details will come out to create a bigger uh, composition as well. Thank you so much, Craig. So our next question was asked by a lot of listeners, which is like, what are sans serifs and serifs and how do we creatively use them? Okay, so a serif is a it's a decorative stroke that finishes off the end of the letter stems. Sometimes those little marks are called like the feet of letters. Um, so in turn, like a serif font is a font that has serifs, while a sans serif is a font that doesn't have any so basically sans means without so both of these styles have their own unique personality and commute very different messages that's why it's important to understand each style and make sure you're choosing like a font that aligns with the message you want your brand to communicate so the distinct characteristics and history of serif fonts can give people a feeling of elegance and confidence and trustworthy and this really makes them feel like a good fit for more let me say, like reputable brands, established and sometimes serious. Like I'm being hypothetical here. <laughs> My fingers are going up. Um, and then sometimes with 
like sold for like sort sans serif fonts, sometimes they're like for like modern and approachable and clean kind of looking brands as well. So some sans serif fonts give off the feeling of being kind of casual and formal friendly and very kind of approachable kind of thing, which is quite important. Um, so usually you can get brands who are like trying to be youthful and relatable and modern and all those kind of things use kind of sans serif fonts. So that's my kind of way of expressing sans serif and serif fonts. Thank you, Craig. So what are your favorite one sans serif font and one serif font? Oh, put me right on the spot here. Um, my best sans serif font would be Gotham. I really love Gotham. And my favorite one just now is a font that I've actually created for a serif font is FS Renaissance. And that was a collaboration with Monotype which you can purchase on myfonts.com. So and you can also view it on my website as well. You'll find it on there, but it's called FS Renaissance. So a little plug in there for a piece of work that I've done. <laughs> Wonderful, Craig. So if you could please share with us your process and how do you combine all these insights and turn them into beautiful letters? As I mentioned before, like whenever I start any piece of lettering, any piece of work, it always is pencil and paper, always sketching, always kind of getting the, the bones of the lettering work on the paper that is. And then I just built from there. So it's been multiple iterations on paper and pencil. And then from there, I'm quite, I don't want to say totally traditional, but I use a, like a, what's it called, a light bed? Um, I've totally forgot the name of what I'm actually looking at. It's a light source to put on a piece of paper and trace on top. I've totally forgot the name of it. Um, and basically what I do is I outline the lettering design in pen. So I finesse it over time using my pen uh, over the pen mark. And then from that, say the lettering design has to be um, in a vector. So this is a process. This is actually, I recently completed, completed a project for the Washington Post magazine. It was a, a lettering word mark. So the process for that was pencil, like I just said, and then pen. And then I took that pen design into Photoshop, scanned, and then I took it into Illustrator. And then from Illustrator, I created that into a vector design. So it was patience. It's a bit time consuming, but it's my process of getting that done. Nowadays, though, technology is so advanced and you'll see on um, Instagram and all those kind of things that People can straight on the iPad Pros and design it right away, which is fantastic and it's incredible. But for me, I'm always pencil and paper and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe I'm a bit slower than the iPad masters of the world, but it may, doesn't make a difference in terms of the final quality and uh, distinguish of the piece of work. Uh, and it's my process. And one thing about process as well is like every single literary artist has a different way of doing things and a different process. So yes, you can follow my kind of guidelines of what I'm doing, but you will find your own path as well. And that's okay. So find what's best for you while finding your own process. Thank you so much, Craig. So what are the things that young artists should avoid while learning to later? One major piece of advice, that is don't go directly onto the computer right away when doing any kind of lettering work. The amount of times I see students who just think, oh, I want to create a vector design in lettering, like the best place to start is always the pencil and paper, always, and that's your best tool. You don't need a fancy pencil either. Just your normal standard HB pencil will always do the trick. And then just pra consistently practicing and practicing and practicing because it's much easier to get down an idea from your head or the structure of a letter from using pencil and paper. It's actually much quicker than going on a computer and trying to do it. And the more that you do that, your process will get 
quicker and you'll be much more efficient in, your, in the way that you do stuff. So my best piece of advice is don't go directly onto a computer and go to pencil and paper first. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Craig. So could you please share with us how does your typical day look like or any interesting stories? Okay, so as I mentioned before, I have a, a nine-month-old um, little girl. Um, so she wakes me up at very early in the morning. So we get up early in the morning and we play about, we have breakfast, we get ready for the day. Uh, and then I start to get myself ready um, and get myself prepared for the working day. So my wife looks after the little, my little girl. And then from that point, I come into the studio. But prior to that, actually, I do a lot of visualization and affirmations. I'm a big believer in kind of positive affirmations and stuff. So that is part of my morning kind of ritual as well. Um, and basically doing that positive mantra. So when then I come into the studio um, and then I start to look down on my to-do list. So I've got tons and tons of paper of to-do lists that I do. Um, I don't have any fancy apps. I'm always pen and paper and just scribbling it down, um, which is good. And then from that, I look at the most important task of that day. Like I'm a bit of a morning person, so my energy is best in the morning. So if I know I need to do a highly intensive piece of lettering or design work or whatever needs to be done, I tackle that first thing in the morning. During that time, I will have to no doubt look at my emails and get back to clients and stuff because right now in this world there's constant zoom calls and scheduling meetings and stuff so i for being my own business i always need to be flexible and every single day is totally different so right now today for instance i've obviously been on this call then afterwards i need to get doing some lettering work then i need to do some business errands as well so i need to contact clients i need to get back to clients as well um, and various other things but I also I'm currently in my home studio but I also have an art studio which is about 15 minutes away so I go in there in the afternoon and this is where I work on my art practice so in the past two years I would say my art practice is really kind of boomed and what that is is I basically build installations and large paintings and do anything that can mix this I do this thing called acrylic fusion which is a combination of acrylic paints creating amazing patterns and designs and pouring that on many different kind of objects and products and stuff like that, which is quite exciting. Well, mixing in typography and lettering. So I have this beautiful studio, which is like 15 minutes away. I'll spend the afternoon there. I will kind of turn off the emails. I'll put the music on. I'll get lost for two hours, I'll say. And then in that time, my, my wife and my daughter walk from our home up to the studio to see me and then I finish about half four five maybe depending we come home and we have dinner together I play about with the wee ones spend family time and spend time with my wife in the evening and then before you know it um it's bed and it's straight to the next day but one thing I want to stress as well like I don't work in the, late in the evenings anymore. I don't do that. Like when I first started my business, it was um, relentless, as you can imagine. I'm sure there's many business owners who are out there right now, plenty of people who are hustling the full-time job and the, the side projects at the evenings. And that's great. And I've done that all in the beginning. But for me, my priorities have changed now that I have a little girl. But one thing I do want to say is like, the past six years of doing all that hard work has led to this moment that I can now take my evenings off and stuff like that as well. So everything happens for a reason. But then it's all about enjoying those moments as well. Don't ever forget about looking after yourself and looking after your family as well. Design and art and all those kind of things is, is fantastic and it can consume our lives totally. 
but remember the people around us and people who you love and you care for and spend the time with them, especially in the, te- the moment in what in the world we're in right now. So, um, so yeah, that's a typical day for me. Um, and yeah, and like I said, you only come visit Scotland. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brilliant place. Thank you so much, Craig. So we'll conclude the show by you recommending three favorite books of yours and also people who inspire you the most in this space. Okay, so the, there's a, a fantastic lettering book. Um, is run by another lettering artist called Francis Choke. Choka. He's French. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Francis. He's probably going to kill me when he listens to this. But his book is called The Lettering Workshops, 30 Exercises for Improving Your Hand Lettering Skills. Now, this is fantastic, especially for those who are starting out. Basically, it gives you the fundamentals of how to do strokes and how to lay out on a page and all those kind of things. There's some fantastic tips in there. So I highly recommend getting that book for beginners. Um, also The Little Book of Lettering by Emily Gregory uh, it's a fantastic kind of book of lettering pieces that are inspir- inspirational different sources different styles and stuff like that I really really, really like it and also another brilliant book is Drawing Type An Introduction to Illustrating Letter Forms by Alex Folks. now again this is another kind of step-by-step guide into drawing illustrative type which is really really useful um, Alex is a top lettering artists as well you may be seeing them on instagram as well so definitely check these people out all these books i believe would be on amazon or any of your major kind of bookstores um and they're really really great now three people who inspire me in this um industry is one guy who got me inspired at the very very beginning of my career is a guy called Tiersa, who is a French lettering artist. Um, he's based in Paris. And he does this incredible piece of lettering work. And every year, every piece of project he does is outstanding and it's better than before. And he really inspired me and made me aware that you can have a career as an independent lettering artist. So I highly recommend checking out him. Gemma O'Brien is in a fantastic kind of lettering mural painter from Australia um, she's an amazing artist as well um, she's done stunning pieces of work highly detailed stuff over the years um, I'm sure you've maybe heard of her and then there's a guy called Dan Forster who is um, a British um, lettering artist who's incredible absolutely brilliant I'm like Dan's a, Dan's a very good friend of mine and every time I see a piece of work he blows me away and I I love seeing what he does. I love how he pushes the boundaries of his work. And we're always supportive of one another as well. Like one thing that um, with the lettering industry and even typographic industry as well is like people, it is a small world and feel free to reach out to others and, and say like, well done on the work. And also if you're needing any advice as well, like reach out to people. That's what I did in the early days and ask, how did you do this? How did you do that? And every single person helped out. So if even if someone wants to reach out to me and send me an email, drop me a message or whatever, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Um, I'm more than happy to help. Um, so yeah, that's the three books and the three people that I would highly, uh, who inspire me and I hope I can inspire you guys as well. Thank you so much, Craig, for sharing all these wonderful insights with us. We are looking forward to host you again in our upcoming episodes. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. It was great fun.